Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Ryan. And we are The The Iggy Parents. Welcome to episode 50. This is all about crate training. So if you're looking for tips on how to encourage your Iggy to be independent and comfortable being on their own, our episode Iggy Alone Time will be a great resource for you there. But today we're going to specifically talk about crate training because we realized we haven't done an episode about crate training. This is actually one of our most popular blog posts. It's crate training the first night and this is where we share what it was like for adelaide on the first night sleeping in a pen on her own for the first time what an adventure (laughs) just before we get into the meat of the episode we thought we would do a quick little pup date for you about (laughs) about what's going on with the dogs what's going on with this podcast and with our lives online in general what is going on with this podcast ryan so we have been looking at starting a Patreon for this. It is something we have thought about in the past, but have not pursued. And we are now rapidly approaching a year of doing this podcast. And we're trying to think of what other value we can bring to people who enjoy this podcast. Right, because we just had our pet podcast challenge and that was so much fun. I feel like we really got people's gears turning about how they can do a pet podcast or just a podcast for their own brand or their own endeavors online and everywhere. But for us, we have started the Bedtime Puppy Tales. It's in the works and it is sort of the evolution of bedtime Iggy stories because we wanted to include all breeds of dogs just to open this door to everybody. And for me personally, it's an expression of my passion for meditation and creative writing. And we've said this as well, that we really enjoy falling asleep to meditation apps, but our favorite episodes are always about animals. So we thought, why not create this ourselves and use our skills and have that be a new podcast so that we don't have to sort of flood the feed of this podcast that is more about being a dog parent and less about using it as a meditation. I don't think this is a meditation right now. Let's just say that. So for Patreon, we have a few ideas about what we can offer. One big thing we're thinking is that we will keep a kind of a rotating list of episodes for the Bedtime Puppy Tales, but allow patrons to have access to the full back catalog if that's something you like. We might then include some monthly meditations with Jess, dedicated live stream classes. Right, live stream meditation or even live stream yoga or bar, anything that might be interesting if you are interested in that. I don't have any experience in teaching dog yoga or I would obviously offer that immediately. But if it is something that you are interested in, it might go hand in hand with the bedtime puppy tales. The other thing that we're thinking is somehow giving more social media advice. So this podcast has really been focused about how to give your dog the best life. But a big part of our experience has been the online social media accounts that we have for the dogs. We get a lot of questions about how to grow on social media, how to grow on TikTok, how to grow on Instagram. And we've experienced a lot. And there's also updates all the time. It's forever changing. So if you are interested in those tips, for us, I do feel like we're cluttering our feed of our podcast again 
again of the Iggy parents mm-hmm. that it's more about parenting and it's more about building the community of the Iggy parents through the podcast and, and through social media, but it's less, I guess, meta. <laughs> so we were thinking as well as a part of the Patreon sort of membership, if you're part of the Iggy parents podcast membership, then you could potentially get an episode with updates about Instagram every other week or updates about TikTok or updates about a new app or Clubhouse or all of those things. And it would just be a way for us to give you that information without having to, again, like I said, clutter up this feed. So we're going to be thinking about that over the next month, thinking about what we will want to offer. We are for sure going to be launching Bedtime Puppy Tales around the one year anniversary of when we started this show at the beginning of July. But we are definitely open to suggestions about what you would want to see on a Patreon. It's tough for us because we post so much on Instagram and TikTok about our lives and the dog's lives that behind the scenes content that is often a perk of being a patron we kind of do that already that's our big thing we are open and honest and talk in the dms where we try and make ourselves very accessible but we really want to go above and beyond for people that are looking for a way to support us And we want to know what you're interested in. Of course, these bedtime puppy tales are a passion of ours. And for me, I'm a yoga instructor, a bar instructor, so and meditation. So this is sort of a natural way of me expressing that. But again, if that's not a big perk that you'd like, then we'd love to know. So what's new in the dog's lives, babe? We are still working on kind of grooming and hygiene for the dogs. Womp womp. (laughs) That they're they're really struggling with nail cutting in particular um, and teeth brushing is something we need to focus more on as well. We are looking at bringing them to the groomer again. I feel like maybe groomers are closed in Ontario right now, or at least very booked because of limited capacity. I know I'm so intimidated to book an appointment when it says it's not available for three weeks. I don't know if that's because we're closed and I'm just waiting forever, or should I book it for three weeks and it get canceled? But we have had success with bringing them to groomers, at least Adelaide, for her nails, and she fights them less than us. Fights them less than us? Mm-hmm. I thought you said bites. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> I was like, Adelaide doesn't bite. No, she just pulls away <laughs> and struggles and, and doesn't want it. Yeah. But she she's not aggressive, thankfully. I know. And I'm nervous about Phoebe just because, again, we're working on socializing her. I don't know how she's going to react to going to a groomer. Adelaide, we brought her right away because we were very nervous to do her nails in the beginning. But it's going to be an adventure with Phoebe. Yeah. So that'll be another <laughs> update, maybe an entire episode about taking them to the groomer. Right. Phoebe's first trip to the groomer. Mm -hmm. So what is going on online with you, Jess, these days? Yeah. So of course, we're still working on the dog Instagram. Um, We've been growing our TikTok for Adelaide and it's now surpassed our Instagram following. And I find that Instagram these days, I don't know, I'm getting in, I'm getting discouraged, Ryan. I'm feeling like Instagram is just not growing as fast as TikTok. And I find myself spending more time on the TikTok app because I'm finding more value there. So I'm finding more value there in the dog TikTok arena, but I'm also finding more value in my own personal expression on TikTok. I started an account for myself a couple months ago 
and it's Lululemon reviews and sort of people have coined the term midsize. And then, of course, there's so much debate. Well, what's midsize? What's plus size? So basically, people have described midsize as sizes between 8 and 16. And so I would fall under this category. And it's sort of a body positivity and um, body positivity movement, perhaps you could call it. And anyways, I used to work at Lululemon. I'm an affiliate for them now with Adelaide. So both of us, I put both of our accounts on there to show our social media influence. And we're both affiliates for Lululemon. So I actually hit our first goal with Lululemon to be able to... um, Get your first commission. Right. To be able to... Withdraw. Withdraw my first commission. So hit my first goal... And within two months, we've grown, or we, I'm <laughs> like me and Adelaide. No, um, within the first two months, I've grown my TikTok from 12 followers to over 5,000 followers on TikTok. And it's from all of the tips that we've learned through Adelaide's TikTok and Adelaide's social media presence. So again, if we do this Patreon, Ryan, I'm really excited because I think that we've learned some really cool tips and this could be something that we offer behind the scenes of what it is to be the Iggy Parents. Just something extra to add if you are interested in starting your own account and growing it and maybe starting your own business. I think we could really give some tips there and I'm getting really fired up about it. It's very exciting. How about you, Ryan? I, inspired by Jess's success with TikTok, started my own account, which has been about my Pokemon card collection. Uh, it's it's somewhat hard to explain, <laughs> and I've been trying to figure out where I fit in the Pokemon online world. Um, it's not opening new packs. I'm not going out and buying new cards, but I've really been enjoying- Save that money for the dogs. Yeah. Really been enjoying um, trying to do some fun videos about my collection that I have from years ago. Um, I've grown mine to 1,700 followers in about half the time as Jess. Um, But this is, again, like Jess said, we're somewhat discouraged about posting on Instagram and are both really fired up about making videos and posting to TikTok recently. I've been finding so much positivity coming from the app, but also I feel like there's more trolls on TikTok. And this is something that I went live. I've been teaching live fitness classes on my TikTok and we're getting like 5,000 views, 8,000 views. But with that come the trolls. And there's a lot of sort of negativity also circulating. So Ryan actually moderated for my class the other day and was able to sort of mute people who are saying mean things. But it's just one of those things that it can be a little overwhelming. And I really, I really am jazzed about this Patreon idea because I'd love to talk more about social media, but I don't want to take up your time too much here on the Parents just talking about that. So bringing it all the way back to the Patreon, I'm really excited. I, I want to get this started. If you have any suggestions, what you want, what you don't want for these offerings, please let us know. And you can message us on Instagram or email through the Iggy Parents website. Just let us know what you're thinking. And without further ado, here is episode 50. So we're going to first talk about what it means or what we mean by crate training and how our crate training experience has changed because of our move, because of getting a second dog and just over the two years that Adelaide has been with us, how it has changed. So let's talk about crate training. First of all, why should someone crate train? In the very beginning, we didn't know if we would crate train because we didn't know if Adelaide was going to be sleeping in the bed over 
overnight. We are a part of a Facebook group that is a community of Italian greyhounds in our area. And we decided to poll everyone. And we said, does your dog sleep in the bed or in a crate? And it was an overwhelmingly consensus that... Basically, yeah. Everyone basically said, our Iggy's sleep in the bed. And we were shocked at this. Mm-hmm. I don't think that statistic would be true for people like the wider dog community. Especially as puppies, because that's when you're trying to work on potty training. And that's something, too. We also have episodes about potty training, and we've talked a lot about indoor potty training. So crate training sometimes is synonymous with potty training. You put them in the crate, they don't pee. You bring them downstairs if you're in an apartment or you bring them outside and they go only outside. So we're just specifically talking about crate training right now and how that has worked for us to keep our dogs safe at night. And it's less about the potty breaks. So like Jess said, we pulled that Facebook group kind of right around the time we were bringing Adelaide home. I forget if it was before or after. Probably just like a couple weeks before. Yeah. But we actually just did another poll kind of in prep for this episode of our audience. We had almost 100 people respond to our poll on our Instagram story. And the results are 35% sleep in the crate, 65% sleep in bed. And I got a few answers that said both, like Mm -hmm. private messages. But I think that the answer of both you know, nothing's going to be perfect all the time. So maybe you bring your dog in bed in the morning or you let your dog sleep in bed at night and halfway through the night you put them in the crate. All different stories here. I think just being able to crate train your dog, that's so fascinating that only 35% have their dogs sleep in a crate. Back to the why of crate training. So while we wanted our puppy to be happy and happy in the bed with us, for our lifestyle, it just makes more sense to keep her in the crate overnight. We have a very high bed and that would pose a risk to our puppy be breaking her leg if she jumped down. And we wanted to give Adelaide an option to pee on her pee pads during the night and now doggy bathroom. For someone who is outdoor potty training, you will need to get up every one to two hours potentially because these tiny puppies have tiny bladders. So I think anyone who has trained their dog for outside has experienced accidents in the crate or worrying about accidents while their dog is in bed with you and having to worry about taking them out every hour or two. The other reason that I always like to mention is that if something unexpected happens, you want your dog to be able to deal with being in a crate or in a pen. So the most extreme example is something bad happens, they need to go to the vet, they're sick, they break their leg, and they need to be kept overnight, they're going to be in a crate there. Also, if you have someone taking care of your dog, maybe they don't feel comfortable sleeping with the stranger. I know if we had Phoebe sleeping in the bed with us and we had someone babysit Phoebe, Phoebe would take a long time to warm up to a stranger and I don't think she would just hop in bed with them. Right, but because (laughs) we have done this crate training, she would feel like that is a safe space. Absolutely. She She probably would choose to go in the crate away from the person babysitting her, no matter how awesome they are. Since um, we started living in an apartment when we brought Adelaide home for the first time, um, we really decided crate training was for us, as well as living in a cold climate. Living in Canada, winter, we wanted to do crate training, but we wanted to do actually a different alternative to crate training, pen. And I don't think anyone's going to call this pen training, but we have a pen. Mm-hmm. So it is a, a four by four square 
pen that in there we have the doggy bathroom and then basically just a pile of blankets that the girls sleep on and a, a dog bed for underneath. We also have a crate in there as kind <laughs> However... of a, Yeah, it's kind of like a secondary space for them, but it has kind of become like a second bathroom for them sometimes, which is not what we want. No, we're struggling with that right now. And I think we're maybe going to take the crate out. It initially was put in there to give them two separate spaces because Adelaide and Phoebe have gotten along so well that we take that for granted sometimes. And sometimes Phoebe gets a little bit possessive over her spot. So if she's sitting in a spot, she won't let Adelaide come sit with her. And then Adelaide's kind of standing in the doggy bathroom crying. (laughs) (laughs) So we brought in the crate to give Adelaide a spot to go to when Phoebe's being a bully and we're fast asleep. If we're awake, we try and mediate the situation and try and, you know, bring them together again. And it's not really aggressive or too much of a problem, but it is something that we want to work on to get them more comfortable not fighting over a dog bed. So with this pen, it's four feet high so that they can't jump out of it. And in our experience, they've not ever tried to climb, but I do know that some Iggies and bigger Iggies have been able to jump over a four foot high pen. So for us, the pen is the perfect solution. It gives them the option to go to the potty, gives them an option to sleep, and they just have a little bit more room to roam around in there. And like we said, we're struggling with the crate now becoming a second potty, but we're going to remove the crate and keep that as our best solution. But I think that, you know, crate training is what you want it to be. And for us, crate training has been something we do for traveling. So the girls don't travel in a big pen in the car. We have to put them in a crate. So for us, we struggled with this in the beginning with Phoebe. She was having accidents in her crate. But ultimately, I think that she now feels so comfortable in the small crate, we would leave it open. And when we were visiting Ryan's parents, she would just go in the crate to fall asleep. So I think that that is a sign of success, that they feel comfortable in their space, whether it's a pen or a small crate. So should we get into some general tips for crate training now? What you want to keep in mind when doing the training is that crying is normal. So puppies leaving their litter mates or leave if it's an, an older dog and they're in a foreign space for the first time even, it's it's always going to be disorienting for them. So to expect them to be perfect immediately is not realistic. And what you want to do when they're crying is nothing. <laughs> You don't want to cry with them? You don't want to sing to them? No. 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 So the you don't want to reward the crying because that teaches them that the crying gets them out of the pen or your attention or what you want. Um, I think you made a good point there, Ryan, that it's not always just puppies mm-hmm. that are crate training. Sometimes it is adult dogs that potentially they can't sleep in the bed with their human anymore because they are older. Maybe it's a senior dog and they're having accidents. Well, maybe they need to go in a crate overnight and for their own protection. So it can be difficult to crate train even if you're doing it in adulthood. I think another thing to keep in mind is what kind of crate training do you want to do? Like we just said, there's an option of doing a pen. So if you think that having an indoor potty, if you're having lots of accidents with your dog in the crate itself, having an indoor potty has been a huge lifesaver for us. And yes, even after eight months of Phoebe being alive, we're still tweaking how to get the pen set up perfectly. But just know that it is it is a process and you can tweak it. And if you start it in a crate, but then you transfer over to a pen and then you decide, you know what, I just want to do the crate, go for it. 
I think just them being on their own is great practice and them sleeping on their own is going to do them really good for the future. There's also some risk factors that you should consider when you're trying to decide what your setup should be. So it might be that the dog can sleep in their dog bed or in a crate and have access to a doggy bathroom or a or pee pad or something and have access to your entire apartment. But if you have high furniture or if you have cords that they could get into or there's lots of other dangers, something they could eat if you forget to clean up your dishes sometime. Right. The risk factors of not crating your dog. Yes. Um, these are all really good reasons to work on crate training. Even if you do like having your dog sleep in bed. Mm-hmm. That you, you might, like Jess said, kind of have to change on a dime. They're sleeping in the bed with you, but then they jump down and always wake you up in the middle of the night or they're getting into stuff and you need to be able to adapt to the situation. And lastly, something to keep in mind is that crate training is encouraging independence in your dog. So if there's anything that can be drawn from this year of the pandemic or year and a half or two years or, you know, (laughs) um, it would be that sometimes your dog has to be on their own, but you're not outside of your home. Sometimes you are busy, I don't know, let's say recording a podcast and your dogs have to be comfortable on their own. Whether or not they're in a crate, I think that crate training or pen training in our case has really helped our girls to be independent on their own and not just be scratching at the door asking to come in during our podcast recording, which I'm not going to say doesn't happen. But again, in Iggy Alone Time, we talk about how to get your dog to feel okay on their own. And part of that is tiring them out, making sure they're mentally stimulated, physically stimulated. That's all in that episode, Iggy Alone Time. But again, for us here, we're talking about why we're doing the crate training and the benefits of that and how our crate training or pen training has adapted over two years. Our first night with Adelaide in the pen went pretty well as you would expect. It was a day that was a big excitement for her, and she was ready to fall asleep on the couch with us Like by the time we were ready to go to bed. I miss those moments when puppies get so tired, they just like conk out, yeah. and you're, you're like, but we could do more stuff, we could play. They're just like dead to the world. <laughs> so like Jess was saying, we followed all the advice of our Iggy Alone Time episode, but we put her in the pen, and a couple hours later, we had to deal with a whining dog so and not just whining she was like starting to really vocalize mm-hmm. kind of a, a singing <laughs> i think we said like a cow <laughs> like a moo um and i remember those nights being really difficult so the the biggest thing that i tried to do at that time was research so this is 3 a.m half awake researching on google and youtube what the advice is to deal with your puppy that is being very loud and not sleeping and the advice is kind of let them cry it out there there may be a time when you want to let them get out and play and 
and get that energy out. But if you're dealing with getting them comfortable, now is not the time for that, right? They're a puppy. They're tired. They will go back to sleep, but it can be it can be pretty tough for the parents. It it like the sound taps right into your <laughs> instincts of this is not something that I want to allow to go on. Something horrible is happening. Right. And it's scary because it's hard to tell if they're in pain or if they're just upset. And it's also a concern if you live in an apartment. I know I was very worried in the beginning Mm -hmm. that we would get noise complaints. And what are we going to do? Get rid of the dog? No. We would have to move? Like, (laughs) that was a scary thought. When your dog's crying in your pen, your mind jumps to, oh my God, we're going to have to move. Like, that's a huge leap. And I will say for us, it did not go on for too long. Um, We were, I will say, better at the beginning (laughs) than we are now or were with Phoebe uh, about doing training with her and making sure that she was good and tired by the end of the day. Um, We'll talk about our experience with Phoebe a little later, but basically they tire each other out now. (laughs) And keep each other company. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, though, we didn't have anyone to keep company for Adelaide, (laughs) unfortunately, and it is not recommended to get litter mates or two dogs at once because then they I think people call it like litter mate syndrome mm-hmm. that they get too attached to each other and then they don't make friends with other dogs and it can be sort of a socialization issue if you get two of the same pups from a litter. So we started off in an apartment and everything was going well and then you know a pandemic hit we decided to move in with my parents and my parents live in a house. So this was a huge change of lifestyle for us and a huge change of lifestyle for our dogs. So instead of a one bedroom apartment, we now live in a basement. However, we spend most of our time on the main floor and we spend a considerable amount of time on the top floor. And if the dogs are being babysat, they also are on the top floor or potentially the middle floor, depending on who's watching them. So something that is a little difficult for us to deal with is the fact that we don't have a pen on every floor. We used to use a pen to keep Adelaide in her pen while we ate dinner. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I don't want to eat dinner on the main floor, send Adelaide to her pen downstairs, especially now that we have a backyard. So we got really good about sometimes giving her her food in there, sometimes giving her a treat like a greenie in there and making it a positive experience for her to know that when we were about to eat, she's not going to come and bother us no matter how good the smells are. We were really good about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but since we don't have access to the pen super easy that is kind of fallen away and we often eat at the kitchen table but if we're eating on the couch we really have to fend them off so it's not a skill that Adelaide learned at our one bedroom apartment right right she learned that she can go to the pen and get something good but if there's nothing good for her she still wants the dinner (laughs) like our human food another challenge with a big house is that there's now staircases and of course when Phoebe was young, we wouldn't let her on the stairs at all. But now that they both can walk up and down stairs, this is a problem because we can't always give them access to the upstairs, depending, again, like we said, meal times, and um, there are some things upstairs that they can get into, etc. Now, this could be a moment to put them in the crate if we're in the middle of something, if we're cleaning or fixing something. But like we said, the crate is all the way, or the pen is all the way downstairs or all the way upstairs. And 
We need a solution that's more temporary. We don't want to have to put them in, take them out for just something small. So we have barriers. And that is a new technique that we're using. Instead of crating, we're using makeshift gates. So for us, that is basically cardboard boxes that are placed up against doorways in the bottom of the stairs that are, I would say, 90% effective <laughs> if the dogs want are left alone and really want to get somewhere. Sometimes they have figured out how to jump over or knock over these barriers. Well, the funny thing is it's not Adelaide. The, yeah, do- I'll say I feel dogs, like Adelaide but... just knows better, but Phoebe mm-hmm. takes it as a challenge because she's always been too small for the boxes. So for her, it's always been a challenge to try and get over it, and now she can leap over one of the boxes and run up the stairs, which, again, we get it. She's motivated. There's people upstairs. She hears them talking. She wants to be with them. She loves to be with the people she loves. So for her, I think it's fun, but we don't really know if the barriers are going to be a permanent solution. So we haven't looked into actual baby gates and actual barriers. And we don't know exactly how long we're going to be in this situation because we may be moving. But yeah, it's kind of this, we're at this weird in-between stage and we've got makeshift barriers. Phoebe is sometimes jumping over them and maybe that will go away with puppyhood, but we'll see. So the barriers, I, I kind of think of it as like extending the pen. So it's still about them being able to be on their own sometimes or not go see the other people in the house when they're unavailable. Um, right. I think that her jumping the barrier is a failure on our part, not for making a bad barrier, but for us not tiring her out when we left her alone. She is bored. She is lonely and she wants to break the barrier because she wasn't happy being alone. So we always try and make sure there is a potty available. So we don't have three pens, but we do have three doggy bathrooms that they can go to or sometimes we will let them outside. So if it's nice outside, they will spend hours Yeah, outside and we don't really have to worry about them very much. Right. We usually have at least one person in the house is outside, probably enjoying the sunshine as well. (laughs) That'd be my dad. Uh, (laughs) But they could spend hours outside and again, finding shady spots. So it's not as much of a risk with the sun and overheating. But we've just been blessed with some really nice weather lately. Yeah. Except for the last two days. But, you know. So we let them have access to certain parts of the house and... And then they can sleep on the couch. We've also added dog beds around the house. Mm, Yes. And I've been finding that Adelaide loves sitting in the dog bed. And then Phoebe loves climbing in and sitting on top of her. (laughs) That's That's their routine. But in the apartment, we didn't have as much space. So we didn't use the dog beds as much. We just put a dog bed in pen. And then we had issues with Adelaide ripping out the stuffing and and all of those things. But because we haven't put the dog beds inside of the pen, I find that the girls don't bother with them. And it's not an issue because we're not leaving them unattended in the pen for long periods of time like we did before the pandemic. The last thing that I will say as a big difference between the apartment and the house is that we can see why people would not want to do indoor training, like indoor potty training, if they have a house. So it is so easy to just open up the back door, let them go out, let them have time back there. This is still going to be a problem if you're in a colder climate like us, that it's not a year-round solution. But 
Um, it is a much different thing than having to leash them up every time they have to go out, bring them down multiple floors in an apartment, and that is your only way to let them go potty outside. So that is something that we are working on a bit. Like, let they have been going outside. Jess has been really good about noticing when they're doing... I feel like, but like I'm potty around. training all over again. The potty dance, the poop dance, call it the PD. <laughs> if Adelaide's giving us those signs, and I send her out and she goes to her poop corner and uh, she's got a poop corner now in the backyard so she likes to go to the same spot yeah something about the pen for us in the house as well is if we are leaving and we don't have someone to supervise the dogs we leave them in the pen together and we did this in our apartment we had a camera to watch them but if we're leaving the house no supervision leave them in the pen it's easier than if we leave them in a pen and people are walking around so leaving them in the pen downstairs while we are away I feel like it helps them to just fall asleep and be together whereas if we had the pen on the main level and people were getting up and working and just making lots of noise I think that the dogs would be disturbed that's when they cry when they see that you could let them out and you're not letting them out so again that is something to work on as well but I think that having the different levels of the house can also work to your advantage if you are fully leaving your house and you don't have someone to watch your dog or dogs I think having the different levels can affect how they're going to react within their pen. Our last main section here is we want to talk about the differences between crate training Adelaide, dog number one, and crate training Phoebe, dog number two. So there are some big differences because we have them together now and like they can keep each other company. And for Phoebe's first night, honestly, it was flawless. I was shocked. I think I was more on edge than Phoebe because I just worried every hour that she was going to wake up and cry or in the very beginning, you don't know how two dogs are going to react together. And I mean, it was pretty, pretty obvious from the beginning that they just got along so well, but you never know how that's going to go in the middle of the night. If a small puppy is starting to bother the adult dog, are they going to fight? And Phoebe was so small. You have to remember this. Like if your dogs are not the same size, even if they're not meaning to fight, you could have your adult dog squish the puppy. So it is something that you have to think about. And it is something that we were very aware of and we hoped for the best. Because they got along so well as well, it was less scary to leave them for the first time. Oh, leaving Adelaide for the first time? I would have been a nervous wreck. I remember just asking to go back home. Ryan, can we go back? I think we went down the hall for like 10 minutes. Like we just did practices. Mm -hmm. Like, has it been 10 minutes? Can I go back to our dog? Yeah. We also left them alone earlier. Like we left Phoebe at home younger than Adelaide. And not for a really long time. But again, it's the pandemic. So we had to create excuses mm -hmm. to leave the apartment safely. And I will say again, the, the rule that we have often quoted is that you can leave your puppy alone for the number of hours as many months old they are. That wasn't a good way to say that, but whatever. Like if they're two months old, you can leave them for two hours. If they're three months old, you can leave them for three hours. Up to, I don't know, six to eight hours? Yeah. 
And we have always found that to be true. When we have pushed it longer than that, there's accidents, there's pee pads ripped up. Destruction. Yeah. And that's the thing too. In the beginning with Phoebe, we had the doggy bathroom, but we also laid down extra pee pads because we noticed she started peeing on the blankets. Now, the blankets were a new addition because Adelaide was chewing up the beds. So we changed over to blankets. But then by the time Phoebe was a puppy and came around, she was peeing on blankets. So we put down pee pads, forgot about the whole paper pee pad issue. Adelaide started ripping those up and showing Phoebe how to turn the pee pad into a toy. So back to reusable pee pads, still used the doggy bathroom, and we kept very minimal blankets. So instead of like five blankets in the pen, we did one. As we said earlier, talking about our setup right now, we are still struggling with accidents. The two biggest problems that we have kind of stem from the same issue. Um, It's them going into the crate and using that as a bathroom or sometimes just in the middle of the pen they'll go and this comes from there not being enough space in the doggy bathroom so either one of the dogs is using it and the other one needs to go or it is saturated with pee and they're like i can't find a clean spot to go or there's already a poop in there and i don't want to go in there and sometimes they'll cry if there's a poop in there wake us up and then we can deal with it but if they don't cry then you know it's just a couple of surprises when we wake up in the morning so it's something we're working on i think that because we brought phoebe home only a couple weeks before we moved it was a lot of change for her i know we've talked about this before but i think that she's still sort of adjusting and we're finding our groove. I think that pretty much sums it up about crate training for us. Our crate training is pen training Mm -hmm. and we only do the crates if we are traveling. And like Jess said at the beginning, a lot of our advice about getting your pup comfortable with this is in our episode Iggy Alone Time. That's part of why we sort of put off doing this episode. Yeah, I think we just thought we did it. Even though it feels like an obvious one, but we felt like we covered that. But just to give people more options if they are struggling or if they are going through a big change like we did with our big move um, or any other change, your dog getting older, like all these things can facilitate needing to have a different setup. Um, So hopefully this gives you some options and gives you some tips. And if it was just, you know, to commiserate about how difficult crate training is and how the crying is really uh, heartbreaking, we're here for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Iggy Parents. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, we'd love if you left us a review. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help us get discovered by new Iggy parents and dog lovers alike. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening or wherever podcasts are found. Our new vlog is going up on YouTube featuring Phoebe's journey through puppyhood. Don't miss out on every pup date by subscribing to our newsletter at theiggyparents.com slash newsletter. As always, this podcast is brought to you by The Iggy Parents Shop. If you're looking for another way to support what we do here, check out our merch at theiggyparents.com slash shop and don't forget to connect with us on instagram by sharing your thoughts with us and your friends tag at the iggy parents at iggy adelaide and now you can even reach us at iggy phoebe bye for now from ryan jess adelaide and phoebe